Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. Welcome to the gold and silver edition of the Your Life, Your Term show. You know, we get asked a lot about gold and silver, and it's probably because we talk maybe even a little bit too much about gold and silver, but um, we'll describe why we buy some of this stuff, what our thinking is, and I don't know if you've heard us say this before, but we're basically paranoid optimists. We are always short-term paranoid and long-term optimistic about our lives. So I guess I look at things this way in business and real estate and the economy and everything. We're always kind of looking over our shoulder to see if there's anything we should be aware of. And at the same time, though, we're not constantly acting out of a state of fear. We are very long-term optimistic about our lives, about our rental properties and real estate, um, and about our business and everything. We're long-term optimistic, but we're always kind of looking over our shoulder just to make sure that we have everything covered properly. We never want a single point of failure in anything we do. And gold and silver play a role in that whole short-term paranoia aspect of our thinking. So again, we are not doomsdayers. We don't think the world is coming to an end. And sometimes when you talk about gold and silver, people just kind of label you as conspiracy theorists. No, we just believe that for years it's been a form of money and we'll explain in this podcast why we buy it, our thinking around it. Hopefully you get some value of it or if, if anything, you'll just think we're crazy and uh, dismiss it, but at least you know where we're coming from and it gives you some context. So that's the idea behind this podcast. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering what the heck this rock star thing is and rock star real estate and rock star inner circle, basically the foundation of everything are our members, the people and real estate investors that we get the opportunity to work with. And if you want to know how the Rockstar Inner Circle membership works, you can go to this URL, rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. And if you go there, you'll have an outline of all the different benefits you get get as a Rockstar Inner Circle member. We have it all uh, labeled out, uh, outlined there and you can check it all that. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live. Nick, are you there? You, I'm sitting right in front no, of No, I know, but last time we weren't recording. Now right. I can see the little waves moving on my screen. Perfect. We're recording. So you're there. We have yeah, you're physically there and you're on the freaking Mentally, audio. I'm always, always, you know, 50-50. Listen, we get asked about gold and silver all the time. And part of the reason is because uh, maybe me more than Nick, but both of us like talking about gold and silver all, every once in a while. And people seem to have questions about it. So we're going to break it down. Like, why do we even talk about gold and silver? Why do we uh, talk about this, what some people call a rock? And I have to correct people every time I hear that because it's not a rock. It's a metal. I just grabbed my gold chain. Yeah, yeah. The reason I like the gold chain is because it feels like you're traveling with money. If you go across borders and you need... Yeah, it you, feels like you're a smuggler. Well, yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, but but I mean, really, when if, if things hit the fan and you need cash, you can trade gold for cash. So. Yeah, which nobody it, believes, by the way. Like everybody, I, I, especially in North America. That's what I was going to say. It depends on the country. Because I spoke to someone um, who was a friend at, at, uh, that I haven't seen for a few years. She was, I want to say... Indian, I believe her 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 background so from India, and she was talking about gold because in their culture they they oh, sure. the, gold's yeah, yeah, a whole yeah. different world yeah. than it is here. And Basically, every culture outside of North America, well, it's a pretty big because deal. they've had big currency yeah. problems, right? Yeah. So, and she was she made it very clear to me. She's like, oh yeah, when my relatives come back, 
and they wear, you know, 20 <laughs> gold bracelets. She goes, There's the reason they're wearing the gold bracelets smuggling. isn't for the jewelry yeah. uh, value or the look. So that's how they're bringing, you know, some value into the from India into the country. That was her words, not mine. I'm not I saying like that so much. So they're stopping people at the border. Then if you, you know, because if you declare you're carrying 10,000, I think it's 10,000, more than 10,000. So, yeah. They'll stop it and make you count it and ask why. But meanwhile, you got these people wearing gold bracelets. Yeah, right worth 100 elbow. grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't think anything of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look, if, if I had to, I was trying to think about this, I'm like, how do we even, it's such a big topic and you know, the, the point that we got to uh, in investing or buying or owning or whatever you want to say about it, uh, gold and silver was kind of long and convoluted. But I guess if I was to paint a big picture, I would say something first like this, that we're blessed that, and Nick, we talk about this all the time, but we are blessed to be living in a part of the world that is so good. First of all, we're in a country of Canada, which is awesome. Great banking system, great healthcare system. I mean, we can all criticize different things about it, but let's face it, overall, fantastic. It's safe, um, you know, great place to raise a family and people vote with their feet because we have so much immigration coming into here. That's basically people raising their arms saying, if I wanna leave, you know, uh, where I am, I'm gonna go to Canada, right? When you think about it, when you travel around the world, how many other countries do you think people say they wanna go to? Like in Europe, you have a lot of people trying to get into Germany and some of the European countries, but then there's Australia and Canada. Like we are a destination. We're on a very short list. So people vote with their feet. They come here. And as real estate investors, that's a big deal because the population is growing. And then in the Toronto area, when you map population growth like that, uh, largely due to immigration. What's the population of Canada? 30 something million. What is it now? 36. So we're, we're not quite, but we almost have 1% of the population of Canada coming here every year. 36, a, so yeah, 10%, uh, 3.6, yeah, yeah. Something I like never that. thought about it like yeah. that. Whereas com lot. compared to the U.S., the U.S. would need 10 Coming times. Coming into so. the country, not, yeah. not to the Toronto area. No, you're, you're yeah, right, yeah. yeah. But where the U.S. would need 10 times that. Oh, yeah, no, per capita, we get just right. a, a, yeah. a, an insane amount of immigration. Yeah, it's a I mean, big, that's, big... It's huge, and it's, it's, it's just driving the population. And then I was going to say in the greater Toronto area, when we get a big percentage of that, usually 40% of the immigration comes into this area, um, it's a small landmass. And then people will always think, well, what are you talking about? And I just mean that we have the lake and the green belt kind of defining this area where most people want to live between the green belt and Toronto. And of course, people will live past the green belt. I just mean in general, we kind of have this defined landmass with a growing population. So as a real estate investor, when you look at a map of the greater Toronto Golden Horseshoe area, it's like a treasure map. You know people are coming here, you buy a property, and it's like owning a piece of treasure because people want it. So at a big picture, it's very positive. But part of the reason that we own gold and silver is, is a little bit because of our family's history, which I'm sure, Nick, you can... I don't know if we're going to talk about our aunt going to jail. I don't know if you... I, have, I love talking about our aunt, Teta Eva. Yeah, you, like, well, you've... You, no, she was, I was a great lady. I, I, well, I was younger. Like, I, I remember her vividly. I remember her, and I, and I went I went once when she I was, was older, too. She was a great lady. She man. was... The last time I saw her, she was older. I went before, uh, when I traveled Europe myself in, I guess, early 20s or whatever. Um, so I didn't go with the family over there, but it was interesting. She was a hustler, man, oh, yeah, in yeah. the best possible way. She used to sell eggs in the market. She would just scream at people. Scream it was at awesome. people. But I'm pretty sure her the when she was selling eggs in the market in the former Yugoslavia, now Croatia, it was just a front for her money laundering operation. <laughs> her one lady money laundering. That's ultimately why why she went to went to jail. Look, we'll talk about that story in a second. So we'll get back to uh, Teta Eva. But in but I want to uh, I want to explain some of the different things going on in Canada and the U.S. really quick. 
here so so we have great population growth great area to live canada's awesome you know the whole bit but there are some things that we all need to be aware of in canada specifically china's economy has been decreasing slowly since about 2010 they were growing at like 12 percent a year they're like six percent a year they're they're their economy is slowing down. They consume 50% of the world's commodities. Canada is a commodity exporting country. So that's just a thing that's not, might not be here or there, but it's definitely not a positive when one of the biggest consumers of commodities is has an economy that's slowing down. Then in Canada, we also have a situation where interest rates are rising slowly, but what happens when mortgages and credit lines are all adjusted for these higher rates. So when mortgage rates get re, uh, mortgages get renewed, people are going to still be able to afford their homes by the data that we're looking at, but they might have less discretionary spending to drive the economy, as Nick, you've talked about over and over. So we're in a situation where some of these things, you know, and when, when you compare Canadian unemployment to the U.S. unemployment, like the U.S. unemployment is like super low now. It's like a 3% or however they record it. And I know everybody talks about it in different ways, but we're like double that. We're like at 6%, which is still low. I just mean our empl- unemployment isn't as great as the uh, uh, as the U.S. So we got these kind of factors. Then to our biggest neighbor in the South, there's a couple things happening. There's the Federal Reserve, which is kind of tightening. They're not loosening monetary policy. So they're kind of tightening the, the amount of money floating around because the Democrats just won the house you know there's going to be battles over the infrastructure spending and the tax cuts the 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 for the middle class that were being promised so nothing's going to get done around there then you you have the fed which has been intri- uh, raising interest rates in the US just like we've been doing in Canada and um, that's been happening for the last couple years now and you have a whole whack of corporate debt about to be refinanced at higher rates and then on top of that you have China's tariffs that Trump put into place in September really just trying to take effect now. So this is not the end of the world stuff. I'm not trying to paint any doomsday picture at all. I just mean there's... No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just trying to be realistic. I don't know what the painting was then. No, it's good... We always survive. Look, you know, if our family could survive the essentially destruction of a country over in Yugoslavia and everybody comes out, okay, you know that it's going to be totally fine. It just means there's some things to be aware of. Right. Some things to to just be like, hey, it's not all roses. So because of all these factors, I believe that over the next few years, although we are going to have population growth and great, uh, a, a great opportunity to own good income properties here, there's going to be economic choppiness, you know, as rates go up and the economy kind of slows down. And if I was to summarize it really simply, because I don't really like some complex uh, uh, economic theory, here's how simple as it gets there for. The U.S., which is our biggest trading partner, they need $3 of debt for every $1 of growth. Think about that. They need $3 of new debt for every $1 of growth. Like just try to picture that in your mind. Because the government cannot afford a decline in revenues or the economy because they only make money from taxes, so they they already have a trillion dollar deficit. They can't afford an economic decline. You're talking if they're printing money though, if they're going to take on debt, right? Because if a new car manufacturing plant, if a new, if a Tesla competitor opens up and is able to sell one hundred billion dollars worth of cars into the economy, that there is some growth there that happens. It's minuscule, but they're in the grand scheme sure. of things. But you mean I just mean you mean the debt, the, the, the debt when the go- to if the government is just going to buy growth inject money into the economy they need three dollars of debt to get the growth yeah 
Yeah, yeah. That's what they're seeing. It's not really inject. It's just the amount of money they're spending now is about a trillion dollars a year over the revenues they collect. Yeah, I, and I if understand. You, yeah, yeah, and if you look, but you're talking at, government specifically, the debt for the government to stimulate yeah, for the, the country as a whole, because there is growth that comes from other places and countries. Like what? Well, like natural resources. Like like there's there's the economic growth. So like Apple. For instance, in the U.S. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I know. But well, that's what I'm measuring against. All the economic growth, if you measure it against the amount of debt that the country is adding. Yeah, I got you. For every dollar that Apple puts into the economy or the Tesla example, for every dollar that they add to the economy, the government simultaneously is adding three, is adding $3 yeah. of debt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. That's exactly that's exactly what we're talking about. So that's what I'm talking about. For every dollar that is being grown into the economy, the government is adding faster. They're adding $3. So to get a dollar in any way we want to talk about it, whether it's government kind of stimulated or a private enterprise creates that dollar of growth, $3 of new debts being created. And at those levels, at that pace, they can't afford a decline. They can't afford a decline because when you have a trillion, when you're, when in today's world, when you are printing a trillion dollars more than you have through the issuance of bonds and stuff and raising it, you can't afford the economy to go down. Not only can you not afford the and, and you're barely getting growth, like you said, like and you're barely getting you're barely any, getting growth. Like even in this long recovery, the amount of growth yeah. they've gotten it, it, it pales in comparison to any other recovery of this length or close to this. And, length. and think about it: the government can't create. They're not like you used a, just a good example right now. Like if Apple or Tesla goes and creates jobs, that's actually beneficial economic activity. The government, in and of itself, cannot create new net economic activity to pay for any economic activity. They have to tax people, take the money, and then like hire people. Without those tax revenues, they either have to borrow, so like borrow and print money, or they have to go and tax for more money. They don't. They don't have the ability to create jobs in and of themselves. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not like going to bootstrap some new jobs out of the. I uh, worked in a government office. I know, I know they're not entrepreneurs. Know. So like, so <laughs> so my, my point is far from the it. only ways if, if the economy slows down over the next few few years in the U.S. as it likely probably should because it's been like a ten year um, increase, the only solution they have to try to stimulate the economy is more debt. Like if you boil it all down, and you say, hey, look. Like, let's summarize this. $3 of debt is, is being required to produce $1 of new economic uh, activity in the country of the U.S. right now. Because the government cannot afford a decline, the only way to, to, to improve the economy if a decline in economic, uh, economic activity does happen is to use more debt. It's, it, there, so more debt is coming our way, and I think we all need to be aware of it. And because of that, I believe there's just going to be a choppier economic future coming to all of us that we should just be aware of. Because when you think of it, if they have like whatever, they have $21 trillion in debt right now, there's only three ways to get rid of that. You grow the economy and you pay off your debt. So they grow and save, which let's face it, they're never going to do. Like they're never going to do that. Um, I mean, it would be great if they did that, but they're not. Or they default. So they tell all the countries that bought their treasuries and all the, the corporations that invested in all, in, in everything, in all their debt to say, we're not going to pay you back. You know that's not happening. It might, maybe it should happen, but it's, it's not happening. So the third way is to just inflate, which is means trying to push more debt into the economy to kind of grow the economy and hopefully kind of make it increase. The whole thing is a little crazy right now. So in this, so, but, but explain that. I mean, I think I understand, but just for anyone listening, the to inflate it away means like, look, you know, because however many years ago you could buy the, uh, you know, our parents' house that would sell for whatever, maybe around a million bucks today. They bought it for, was it 120, 80, 120? 
Yeah, something like that. So let's say yeah, hundred yeah. grand. Yeah. So at that time, you could make, you know, if you were making fifty thousand dollars a year, your money was substantially stronger than it is today. A fifty thousand dollars a year to buy a, a million yeah. dollar home, yeah, the that's same house for a million bucks. It's a big difference, right? So the why, yeah, our father in like nineteen eighty two was making a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. Can you yeah. believe that? No, I know. Drywall. I, I, it didn't seem like at that time I didn't get it, but now looking back and understanding what prices lot. were and stuff. yeah. I remember when they paid off our family mortgage over there, how happy he was. They both were crazy. So, but now, so now in today. I think he went and said, told our mom to go and tell the neighbors we paid off our mortgage. <laughs> spread the <laughs> news. The spread the news. We paid off our mortgage. Did you pay off yours? <laughs> but uh, I believe that. I, I can believe that. So he, uh, um, but now, yeah, so, so the reason they want to inflate it away, because I get asked a lot, they're like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. So if the government can make the, the value of the dollar worth less, then it's easier for them to pay back the dollars. Because it's, yeah. uh, if they owe, you know, if they owe a million dollars to someone in today's dollars, well, it's like a million. But in dollars that if they can make the dollar worth less, then all of a sudden it feels like they're, they're not paying a million dollars, they're paying 800,000. Just like if we were to buy our father's house today at those prices back then because the dollar is worth substantially less he's not getting the same value today that's why we would need to give him a million dollars today versus a hundred thousand in the past totally yeah i don't know maybe i complicated things no no no, that's trying to explain to anyone that's not familiar you're right and there's a you could look at it on the flip side so the way you said it's it's totally right And, and the flip side you could say they want the economy to grow faster than the amount of debt they put in so if they put in three dollars of debt they don't want one dollar of growth they want like five dollars of growth whether that growth comes from artificial price increases because of the debt they've put in, like it's not actual, you know, true value that's coming mm-hmm. out. It's just that money's turning over faster, so prices are going up faster. Um, they don't care how they get it. They just want the economy to grow faster than the debt, so that eventually the economy as a per- the debt as a percentage to the economy looks smaller, mm-hmm. and they can pay it off easier. So yeah, you can chop this up a million different ways, but yeah, that's it. And so if that's the environment that we're in. Where do I want my money over the next 10 years? That's what I ask myself all the time. And Nick, that's what we talk about all the time. Like if we're in this environment where $3 of debt to increase the economy, $1. So more debt is coming in our future. We can all argue it after a recession, a correction, whatever. More debt's coming our way. Where do I want my money? And part of the part of the place we want our money is obviously good income properties. That's why I also laugh. Somebody, I think we put up a YouTube video last week. I don't know if you saw that comment. Somebody commented because we were talking about, hey, you know what? The bank is tightening lending. So, you know, if you're looking to refinance your properties and extract some of your equity and you want to buy another or you want to buy another income property right now, um, now's the time to do it. And somebody on YouTube, which is always the worst comments, somebody on YouTube puts, uh, yeah, you know, that's a really good leverage up. You know, that's really smart. Why do you think the banks are tightening? They see something's happening and, you know, uh, really good advice. Leverage up is, you know, take all the credit you can. And to me, it's just like somebody with the mindset who doesn't get it. Like we're not saying just take your uh, yeah take and your go debt buy and spend it. go buy motorcycles and you know whatever. I like go to Vegas and just party and fritter it away quickly. Yeah, Vegas is always better than Niagara. No one ever talks about going to Niagara to gamble it away. It's always Vegas. No, so, no. So go to Niagara and party. Yeah, I can't <laughs> but even, but yeah, it's I it's, can't even think of a good time. But or, oh yeah, or even or even you don't even have to take the the money. I mean, I know we've talked about potential credit lines being shut down, but it's just gaining access to it because then if do, if things do change, then you do want access to funds that may be beneficial at that time too. Yeah, totally. Right? If you have the credit available, because you might 
be able to access the credit you've already been approved for, but to get approved for new credit yeah, yeah. can be a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to be smart with it, buy good assets with yeah. it. That's what we're talking about. But anyway, you know, you know the YouTube comments you just mentioned, Niagara, it made me think of something. When I was in the software industry, it made me think of this guy, a guy from England. It was a, the, the, a top guy that used to work with one of the VPs over there. He was American, but he worked over there and he came to see Niagara Falls for the first time. He's like, I thought it was going to be a beautiful forest with like this waterfall coming down. He goes, I didn't realize it was just going to be like this cement. Basically, you can pull up in your car on a road and just look over at the thing. But this guy was ex U.S. military. I can't remember if he was like a U.S. ranger or a Navy SEAL or something. And he had the he was like a, a sales VP, but he had the craziest stories. And he talked about a dinner in Niagara. He's we start having a few drinks, I guess. And he starts talking to uh, me about I, I, I can't remember if I asked about the number of confirms he had. And I'm like, what's a confirmed? Like, I don't get it. What's it? What's confirmed? And he's like, well, that's how many people you've killed. Oh, wow. That's, you know, you, if you know, you've killed them, it's a confirmed. Like, if you don't know, you, you don't know, yeah. you know, and I just thought that's a totally different person than me. I'm walking down the street in Niagara going, wow, I call home, you know, hey, check in on the family and the kids. Hey, guess what? I'm having dinner with this guy. He told me how many confirms he has. I'm like, well, this is a different world, but it is a big different world, um, which is why we're talking about this stuff. So anyway. Back on, on on topic. So if that's the state of the world, then Nick and I, and I think we started realizing, hey, maybe we should buy some good assets, good good, uh, good rental properties um, because they pay for themselves. And if we can be smart about it and we can control our interest costs and we can get them in good areas where the rent is good and rent across Ontario has been super strong. I think everybody knows that. Um then uh, are you going to sneeze? I'm I was, waiting to I say just, bless you and you didn't sneeze. Oh, well, I didn't want to sneeze like right into the mic. Swallowed the sneeze. Next time, I'll, next time I'll sneeze right, into the, right into the You're mic. Don't my skull. Don't lose my skull. And uh, Tom's got this skull in his office. It's 10 ounces of silver. And every time I'm in here, I, I try to secretly steal it. But I don't know. He's got like some sort of little, like magical... I have a tracking me- device and there's cameras in our office. No one's going to steal my silver. So, um, so look, we bought some... We buy some gold and silver in addition to good assets. And the reason that we want assets... I guess... If I was to summarize it, in this type of economic environment over the next 10 years, I just want to own good stuff. I want assets. So that's why we like properties. That's why we like building businesses. They're assets that we create ourselves and create equity ourselves. And gold and silver plays a role in that because we believe it's one of the easiest ways to buy insurance on everything. Because gold and silver is one of the few things that we can buy that has absolutely no counterparty risk. So what I mean by that is like if you buy a bond or if even if you buy a share of a good bank in Canada, there's always some risk like that that bank goes, you know, under. They don't pay back their debt. There's always some counterparty risk. But gold and silver is just something I can actually hold in my hand and I don't depend on anyone else for its value. It's one of the very few things in the world that has that. Yeah. What about the people that say it's a relic and it's just the only reason it has any value is because people have determined it has value and that's going to change. So once it changes, then it has no value anymore. You know, and I'm willing to I'm willing to be open to that idea. I just mean throughout history, there's always been someone who are willing to take. Just like you, you used the example of um, the person coming from India with the bracelets up. They obviously still today associate value with it. And yeah, maybe it does become a relic. But I'm willing to take that risk because I don't see any other option. Mm-hmm. Like the only other options that some of my friends will talk to me about are some of the cryptocurrency stuff, which I don't mind. Like I love the idea of cryptocurrencies. Like I absolutely love it. It bypasses governments. It's kind of like sound. There's only a certain amount. Well, a lot I've, of froth have, has come off that. Yeah, like a lot the, of the hype was. Y- yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So the idea and built on blockchain technology, 
which is like brilliant. But uh, the only reason that I'm not going to go all in on cryptocurrencies is because the government, it's still, I have to go through a financial institution to, you know, you have to go through like a trading. I mean, you can't trade it directly, so I shouldn't say that. But ultimately, I can't pay my taxes in it. Like, well, you can't pay your taxes in gold. No, but I'm not buying bu buying gold. Like crypto in its name, it's a currency. I'm not buying gold to be a currency. I'm, I'm buying gold and silver to be a store of value, right? I'm, cryptocurrency right in its name, it's saying, well, you buy it because you're gonna use it to exchange stuff. And if I do something, and like if Rockstar was going to um, charge cryptocurrencies for commissions and stuff, well, we still have to pay payroll taxes, HST and business taxes in Canadian dollars. So we have to take the Bitcoin, and change it to it. convert yeah. it, and just that process alone makes me think, okay, as a currency, don't like it. So then the other argument for a, a cryptocurrency would be as a store of value. And I can see it as a store of value. Yeah, it might be. It's just that there's many competitors. Like gold and silver compete, I guess, against each other and like platinum. I, but you, you've taken it one step further. So like your whole philosophy to it, I, I, my philosophy for owning some is very simple. I go back to what's happened in history because I think that like it's a good indication of what's going to happen. Things change, but there's a lot of things that, you know, when something's been a constant for, for so long. So gold and silver have have held their value in, and their purchasing power over a very, very long period of time. And if I want to put some of my funds in a place, let's say a savings scenario, like an almost like it to me, it's like an insurance policy. Like, hey, if things hit the fan, I have something that's going to hold some value that's fairly easily um, liquidated. Like I can convert, you know, there's going to be people, again, if you go back to history that are going to pay me for some gold and silver that I can convert or do things with when the time comes that I need to use it. And it holds the power, it holds its purchasing power far more than if I take whatever the number is, five, ten thousand dollars and put it under my mattress or leave it in the bank account or whatever the case may be. So I just look at it like that. I don't, I don't equate all that other stuff. So like you, I, you know, people can look at cryptocurrencies and they can have that discussion and they can be strong believers in that. And that's cool. Like I think like, yeah, okay, do it. You do that. I'm just going with history and I go this way. I, whether, you know, to me, the cryptocurrency is not even a, it's not for my purposes in my life. It doesn't even serve the same purpose. Like I'm using it's this for that purpose. Yeah, I'm using this for that purpose. And then maybe I'll do some stuff with cryptocurrency, but I'll use it for different purposes. You know, so that's that's the way I look at it. It's just not the same. And I, like I said, in my opinion, if they people choose, they're, they're big crypto people and they're like, it's going to go up to a million dollars for one Bitcoin. Great. Go, go. Yeah, all I'm all what, for it. Whatever yeah. you want to do. Actually, but like just the idea my, behind it. Yeah, but just in my life, I'm using this for this kind of, this yeah. whole shit, hit, shit hits the fan. It's my shit hits the fan fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's the insurance policy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it. You know, I mean, the downside and is it's real money. Yeah. Like and you have, you have, but you got money stuck there. It's not paying anyone a return and things like that, which kind of money sucks. doesn't pay a return. Like that, this is what I think. I'm like, it's, I don't mean, I don't need my money to pay a return. I well, take the a investor risk. in me though. The investor yeah, in me. You're right. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. actually right about that because the only reason, the only way I get a return is if I take, so a take risk. some risk. Yeah. yeah. So you add risk, but, yeah, but you you're put right. your money in the bank. You take the risk. You yeah. get a little bit of interest. So, so that's why I do it though. That's, that's why I do yeah. it. And then I also do it. Like I have some, um, precious metals, like just mentally kind of assigned to my kids, like, you know, this many ounces of gold or silver, whatever the case may be. And You're I, a nice father. I feel, that's really well, nice. I just You're feel a nice person after all. Well, when they're, when they're, when they're 50, when I finally give it to them, then they're, <laughs> when they're okay, they're, when they can think for themselves. Yeah. And yeah, yeah but I trust them <laughs> okay. enough with their You're money. You're not 50 yet. You know so, that. But no one, they're 50. No, no I know, but I'm you're 50. not even 50. Yeah, yet. so it's going to be a long time. Well, I'm living to 120, I guess. Are right? you? I don't 
don't know. You tell me I'm going to live forever based uh, on based these on sites. I mean, yeah. pretty soon we can put stem cells everywhere and live forever, so, I think. But, um, I do want to go to Panama and just stick stem cells all over my body. I should. <laughs> at some I, point, yeah, we're I making that trip. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to make that trip at some point. You know, I should have another kid just to keep to the umbilical cord, I guess, now. Should probably Yeah, do that's that. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have done that before. Yeah, the best stem cells. So, yeah, You're right. Yeah. I know. We gotta all go, should. Gotta go home we talk. all should. We all gotta go home memo. and talk to my wife. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm got, doing got that news as for I'm, you. As I'm rubbing my neck and shoulder that are sore right now. <laughs> but uh yeah, so so I just look at it like, you know, if I was going to save that amount of money for them to put that aside, um, so that they would have access to it at a later date. I just think that it's going to hold their purchasing power is protected by doing it this way and letting it sit there rather than doing something else. And to your point, there's no risk associated with it yeah. or very, very minimal because I don't think the world as a whole is going to now change hundreds of years of history and go back and say, you know what, this gold silver thing, we associate yeah. no value to it anymore. Yeah. As central banks around the world are trying to acquire more, yeah. and, you, you know, I just don't think that's going to happen. There's no signs pointing to that. But, yeah, as but Russia I guess and China, basically central banks of Russia and China continue to load up and buy as much as totally. humanly possible. Yeah. And these other countries are trying to get theirs back. Remember, mm -hmm. Well, Venezuela just asked for theirs back and England said no. No, I know. I like, no, that. we're keeping it. I know. The only sad country that doesn't have any is like Canada. I think Canada, I still need to find out. It's either like 69 60. or 79 ounces. I thought it was even in the teens. I thought it was lower. No. I remember when they that's sold it That's pretty low as yeah. a country. Yeah, that's all we have. Yeah. Um, well, that's a little sliver. That's a flake for each of us. But there's modern day examples still of gold. Like, I'll never forget, there was a refugee from Bosnia that worked with my brother-in-law who said the only way he was able to get his family out of Bosnia during the war is he gave the priest at a church a bar of gold that he had because the currency had gone to shit, mm -hmm. right, through the war, the, a bar of gold. The priest took that and passed them on to the smugglers to get them out of the country. So think of that. That little piece of metal was responsible. There was enough value associated with that to smuggle them out of the country. And then in Greece, remember like, wasn't it like four years ago that they had their currency crisis going on in Greece where they limited how much money you could yeah, take out of the ATM? Yeah, was And was people were buying, I forget, I feel like it was about that. The demand for gold spiked, they couldn't Spi get it. They couldn't yeah, get any, but what yeah. were people buying? Washing machines. Yeah. Do you remember they were just wanted yeah. out of the currency and they wanted to get anything that they could and they were buying like furniture and washing yeah, machines. Because they were trying to protect the value. Because look, in Europe. That's why if you don't, if you're not exposed to that and you only are here in North America, you have you no don't clue. See it. Yeah. Well, it happened in, in Yugoslavia with the, the dinar. Yeah. Right? So it's happened It happened in Greece. That that didn't get as bad because a lot of people stepped in and dumped a lot of money into the country. Happened in Italy with the lira before. Yeah, when the it's lira went to the euro, people were pissed off yeah it happened in lots and lots of countries this mm -hmm. is like this isn't like this crazy once in a lifetime thing this is happening it happens regularly it happens all the time well, i mean look what some i have a one trillion dollars yeah, Zimbab right zimbabwe bill in my office yeah, yeah. You know, so there, there's those things. And Venezuela right now, now, you know, I know it's a different political climate, but it's happened in Venezuela. Their currency is worth, worth nothing. Yeah, it's, so it's, nothing, right? it's one of the, I guess it's just one of the few things to own where you just kind of have this insurance. It's real money. It's an insurance policy. And just back to the, uh, the cryptocurrency thing, something's been on my mind that I want to do a little math around and kind of think about it a little bit. You're going to get so much hate. I, I don't know what's coming out, but there's going to be. No, no, no. I like, I like, listen, blockchain, definitely. The whole idea of it's brilliant. You know, you can bypass databases. You can have decentralized ledgers. It's a brilliant. Oh, I would it, love to be able to send money to Europe. When we were yeah. buying that place in Croatia. Oh my god! How nice would it be to Instead do it of going through that? the SWIFT oh, system and you disaster. could just send it using yeah. some kind of blockchain? Yeah, that would be a hundred times better. Absolutely. Yep. Like that's what it's made for and designed for. It's brilliant. My only thinking is if it was to ever replace a currency globally, I think there's a cap on, on uh, Bitcoin that's like 21 million coins or something like that. 
I'm pretty sure that's a deflationary situation because as the I'm just trying to, and I haven't put a lot of thought into this, so kind of bear with me for a second. But if the economy continues to grow around a set number of coin, the value of those coins goes up and up and up, meaning you need less of a Bitcoin to buy things each year. So that actually, if you sell a car today for like one Bitcoin, but the value of the Bitcoin goes up next year, you might sell your car for half a Bitcoin. I don't think that's good. No. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's just inherently deflationary. Let me leave that one with me before anyone sends me some hate email on that idea. Please just leave that. There's one with a few me. engineers typing yeah, right just now. Type, no, but yeah. I'm just thinking I'm like, it, it, if it's a set amount, you would have to have layers around it because it, it just makes, if it becomes worth more and more as the economy around it grows and grows, it's just naturally a deflationary currency. Would we'll, you, get, we'll get a couple of guys on here. We can have a, a Bitcoin discussion. Yeah, that one, debate. the deflationary one would be interesting, but the technology kind of sold, absolutely sold on. And maybe long-term it is a store of value. Just it doesn't have the history that gold and silver it has. So we go with the kind of yeah, gold and totally, silver. So what the next thing we're often asked is like, okay guys, how do you buy some of this stuff? Which I'm surprised is such a mystery still. But the reason that we don't buy it um, just through like kind of your online trading account is most of the ETFs um, from what we can tell, they're just trading the price. They, they are like, they, they do put some gold in their vaults, it seems, and there's a lot of debate and you can get all kind of conspiracy theory on that kind of stuff, but they just seem like they might not have, you know, as much of the ETF that they sell, it might not be matched one-to-one -to, -one to the gold that they're well, buying. Well, and you can also change, I mean, at the, you at can't the, actually get it. Yeah. What, what most people invest in, you have to invest a, a huge, huge amount to be able to ever kind of say, give me the gold value of my holdings here. So you can never actually change the cash into gold. You're essentially cheap. You're, you're basically you're, you're getting, trading the price. You're, you're, you're a, getting access to the price, yeah. but that's not why we want want it we don't want the price no we, we want, the, want the no counterparty risk in yeah. our hands yeah we're like the indian grandmothers coming into the country yeah. with all the bracelets we, yeah we want it the italian guy with three chains around yeah. us yeah, yeah yeah someone uh when we were in germany with uh aiden uh for oktoberfest i of course go into the gold stores to look at all the different gold joint chains for uh, for guys and you know they don't have that many and uh some guy in germany tells me he's like you really want a gold joint chain i'm like yeah like i want a nicely designed gold chain he goes well, you don't have to understand it's only like the russians and the rappers who are buying gold chains these days i'm like really well it's tom the russian and the rappers who are buying the gold but chain. those ones are gold in miami we went to look at the big rapper chains they're like oh no they those, were steel. those are stainless steel gold plated but i was right. totally i thought they were solid gold i didn't i i thought they were gold it was a gold chain in a jewelry yeah, store yeah. but they're yeah. all uh, at least yeah. there they were like oh no that's normal like yeah, it's but stainless she told us it wouldn't change the color of our skin well, Gold plate, yeah, it's gold plate. It's 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 got. I think it was gold plate. spray painted. It could have been. I don't yeah. even. Know yeah, I, I don't know the prices, but it, yeah. But uh, anyway, so we we don't buy the ETF stuff, but there is. Um, you ran in. I don't know. Do you want to share your billionaire story in Toronto? Who you ran into? Or we're not going to share that story. You know, I almost forget the story because I, I ran into Eric Sprott. When I ran into Eric Sprott, that was because I was going to talk about now. his funds, uh, yeah. which is one of the more interesting so, ones. So Eric Sprott's a, a kind of big guy, and uh, he's a, a big Canadian self-made billionaire, Canadian billionaire that hardly anyone knows about. Yeah, and I ran into him outside a conference, and I was talking to him, and we had a discussion about just kind of different things going on in the world, and, and some of the stuff that you were discussing right now, just earlier about just economies and that type of stuff, and. I remember him looking at me and he's like, oh, hmm. he goes, you, you must be reading the same stuff I'm reading. Right. And he was trying to figure out all the same so stuff. He's that you're like figuring a doomsdayer. Out. Yeah. He was trying to figure out all the same stuff that, that, that we've been trying to figure out. And it made me, I looked at him. I'm like, really? I was like, hmm. 
I was hoping that you were going to give me some kind Have of secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was trying to figure the same stuff out. But that's why, for a lot of the same reasons that you've been talking about, is why this kind of Canadian billionaire was looking at, at, at this market as well and has has put a, a lot of his his money in, in there over the, over the long haul. Too. And some of his funds are actually stuff that we own over the years because his Sprott, what is it, Sprott Asset, Man, Asset Management, his Something funds, like, like he has a gold and silver fund, um, I mean, I haven't checked on it in a long time, but I'm hoping it's still there. We it's a physical. It. It's, to, it, I mean, it's a physical it's, fund. It, it's, it's kind of, it's claim to fame is that it's the physical gold is held for, for the investing dollars that it, it's kind of controlling, which is the difference between it and some of the other ETFs. But, yeah, it's um, kind of like a one-to-one ratio. Like yeah. if $100 of investment goes in, $100 of gold is acquired. So it's actually backed 100%. And... I mean, I think it's pretty complicated. I don't know if you asked Eric that when you ran into him. If you wanted to get your gold, I think there is actually a process if you own that fund. But I think there's limits, there's minimums and stuff. Like it's not as easy as like I put in 500 bucks and give me my... my I forget. My, I, you know, I, I do forget. I'm not sure I even asked him that. I, I do forget. I, I wouldn't yeah. be able to kind of recall. And for anyone who's never bought any physical gold, um, an ounce of gold is about the size of a loonie, I'd say. And uh, what's that trading for in Canadian dollars right now? I don't know, what, 1600 bucks or so right now? Canadian, uh, yeah, you know. let me check gold. Yeah, let me check this out. What do we have here? Gold price. Damn, as we're talking about, it looks like it's down to me. Sorry, I'll just talk out loud as I uh, gold. Here we go. In Canadian, that's the other thing when you buy gold, it's priced in US dollars. You should know that. That's been one of the nice things too, because a friend of mine went went because I I bought gold. Oh yeah, the, it's not down in Canadian dollars. Yeah, that's that's what huh. I was going to say. Was the nice thing because when I, I some of my gold that I bought years ago, and I was talking to a friend of mine that works in the finance industry. He's like, "Oh well, how are you feeling about that? You know, gold's down since you bought it." And I was like, "Well, no, like the price of gold has gone down in Canadian in U.S. dollars." But in but Canadian, our Canadian dollar is so shitty, yeah, <laughs> that it's actually. But it's been nice. It's, it's been a hedge that way. Yeah, right as there well. in and of itself is an example on why you want to own gold. Yeah, if that, you're going to be in an nice. environment where the currency is going to get weaker, your gold holds the price. The best example I ever heard of that is like back in 1920, an ounce of gold would buy a good men's suit, right? And then today, a, an ounce of gold would still buy you a really nicely, finely tailored men's suit. Like it's always held its value mm-hmm. throughout time. Right, and it is. It looks like it's about sixteen hundred bucks. I'm kind of rounding here, fifteen ninety one, depending on where exactly I look. Sixteen hundred bucks Canadian for an ounce of gold. So that was the size of a loony. So you can see that if you bought a whack of this stuff, it's not really doesn't really. Take if you've much never space. bought it before, it's kind of crazy. The first time I bought it, and I handed over what, what whatever twelve thirteen hundred. But I don't know what I handed over nine hundred. Oh yeah, it was below a thousand, I think, at the time. But anyways, you hand over that much money, let's say a thousand bucks. It was. I think they were just like over eight eight, eight ninety something. I want to say eight something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you hand over. Why didn't we buy more? <laughs> Uh, and you hand over a thousand bucks and then someone gives you this little kind of coin and you're like, what? Yeah. I'm giving you like this thousand bucks and all I get is this silly little thing like, that I can lose not, in my pocket. Well, and you're not used to associating value to it. Right. Because in, you know, we're, 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 where our society's value is on these paper currency notes that we're given. It's not on this gold coin. And you're like gold coin. Well, I don't know, what am I going to do with that? You know, most people on the street, if you hold out 500 bucks or you hold this little gold bar, it's like, which yeah, they'll take the want, cash, right? which is yet another reason why I like this stuff. I like to be in the minority at all times, which I know sounds ridiculous, but if the majority of people do not like something, I just want to do the opposite at all times. So if the majority doesn't like gold, then I like 
gold. That's just yeah. kind of the way my brain works for right or wrong. Maybe okay, it's so where, you were talking about buying it. Where are you going to buy it? Yeah, so then you can buy it. So we don't buy the ETFs, but you can buy um, through online banking or online investment accounts. You can buy Eric Sprott stuff, which is one of the few in the world. I think it's backed one-to-one. So if you want to buy it that way, and then that way I think you can buy it within an RRSP or something. I don't have RRSPs anymore. You do. I still but, have mine. But I think you can buy it within your RRSP and you know get exposure to that way. But if you're buying it to have it physically, you have to go to a dealer. The first dealer that we ever went to was in the shopping mall square one at the bottom of the escalators there and it was like a stamp store remember yeah and he he basically told us the world was coming to an end every year remember? house of stamps yeah house of stamps yeah, 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 yeah. What, what was, yeah i think called. he's somewhere else now but uh we bought it from there and he took us into the back of the store remember how small it was like you could barely fit there and we handed yep. him over the cash um but yeah, you have to go to a dealer. I wouldn't recommend, you know, I would recommend going to like an approved dealer. I think on the... He was an approved dealer, to be fair. Actually, he on, was. On the mint right. site. Yep. On, yeah. on, on Canada's site, on the Canadian mint site, he was listed there. You're right. Um, I think it was his father who had that status or something, but you're right. It was listed there. But that's where you can check on, on the Canadian mint site. You can check approved dealers in Canada. One of the biggest ones... Um, I feel like we should be affiliated with them that we we share this name so often is Canadian Coin and Currency in Richmond Hill. Um, you can go into their store or they have an online, I think it's Canadian PMX, which is short mm-hmm. for Precious Metals Exchange, CanadianPMX.com or something. If you just Google Canadian PMX, they have an online store where you can go buy it too. And it, I recently ordered from Silver Gold Bull, I don't know, .ca.com. And that was nice because they just, what was crazy is they deliver it. And they leave it at your steps. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't just leave it at the steps. Oh, it just showed, it showed up in my office. Okay. And I was like, I hope someone signed for this. <laughs> right. Listen, I have because a friend who bought some and they just left it at his front door at his house. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just in some envelope. <laughs> it didn't seem like anything. I'm like, what is this? I don't remember ordering anything. And then there was some silver and gold in there. I was like, oh, that's a nice <laughs> surprise. So, um, but I have bought it there as well. And it's pretty seamless. And their, their prices were you know just as good. I mean, they're roughly all in the same range, right? So they're all pretty good. Um, but that was a nice, that was this easy process if you don't want to make the, the trip. I I personally do like making the trip to... Uh, I like it too because to I just like to look Canadian at all the stuff. Currency. It's like a bit yeah, of a hobby fun. for me, you know? Um, I bought that skull there for 10 ounces. That and it's interesting. Liked. Sometimes it can be interesting if you get a good, knowledgeable person um, wherever you're going to buy it, you can get some interesting insights into kind of just the trends and stuff that yeah, they're seeing buying, for supply selling, demand. Because at one point, a number of years ago, remember we were asking them, we're like, hey, you know, what about these Canadian maples, which is the ones, the, the gold coins that the Canadian mint makes? And uh, they were having supply problems. Like like real, so so the the paper gold price is moving, but there, I there was real yeah. shortage yeah. in the physical gold market. They're like, we can't get it. So there's that type of stuff too that happens, right? And it's just interesting to know that type of stuff. And then the next question we'll get is about storage. And unfortunately, there's no good private storage options in Canada that I'm aware of. Like I know in the U.S., if you buy from some dealers, like I think Mike Maloney's dealer, I forget the name of his company that actually sells gold and silver, but he's the guy who has the YouTube channel. Great series all about money. If you want to check out uh, Mike Maloney's, I think it's called The Secrets to Money or whatever on YouTube. It's absolutely fantastic. But he sells gold and silver. And I think he has private storage where you don't have to take accept delivery, but you can store it in his vault. Um, but in Canada, we don't have private storage. You're reduced down to basically the Canadian banks and a safety deposit box. Um, you know, or you can be like me. I took some over to Europe and I buried it underground, which I joke with Nick about all the time. And the only reason I did some, it's a small amount, but the only reason I did some is just to have the story where I can share, I can, I can tell people about it. We should start. A, we should. We should. You should put a treasure map someplace too that you can go find Listen, it. I just tell everyone I know. I say, look, if I if I like you and you're ever in trouble in Europe, 
and you need some cash. I have some GPS coordinates. It's the middle of nowhere, so you're really going to have to dig deep to get that there. That would be awesome, though. But if you, need so cash, cool. if you need cash, you just tell me. I'll just send you a text message with these coordinates. Go there and dig down. <laughs> You'll be good to go. Um, but, yeah, you have to go to the banks in Canada to basically store. I mean, it's so small. I mean, you could hide it in your freaking backyard or in your stuff. Just don't forget about it, I'm sure. Uh, I know multiple people who have forgotten about stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Canadian banks is basically your storage option. And I just wanted to share. So that's basically how you buy it. You go to dealers. And and oh, by the way, when you go to a dealer, if you're not aware, they're going to charge you some percentage. So when you buy it, whatever the spot price is in American dollars, you first can, can sorry, I can't speak. You're going to convert that to Canadian dollars. And then they're going to add three to 4% as their fee. That's how they work. That's how they make money. So you can kind of shop that around if you really want the best fee. Um, and then when you sell it back, they're going to charge a fee as well. That's how these dealers make money. So it's whatever the U.S. price is, convert that into Canadian dollars and add that fee on. Or if you're selling, subtract that fee off. And that's really what you're going to be uh, buying or selling the gold for. That's kind of how it works. So I just want to bring this point back on gold and silver to us. It's an insurance policy. It's just we have all this money. We have all these you know, real estate properties. We have money in bank accounts and that kind of thing. Wouldn't it be smart? to have something that is completely outside of the banking system that acts as an insurance policy against everything else. And that's the way we view it, rightly or wrongly. And I know a ton of people listening to this are going to think it's an old rock and associate no value with it and really want us to go hard into the cryptocurrencies. And just for the record, I love the idea of the cryptocurrencies and the blockchain stuff. It's just, it doesn't serve our purposes just yet. Maybe we're going to miss the boat on that one and we can buy in at a later price. I want to share one other thing, Nick. In the, from 2005 to 2015, the growth of real median income in Ontario, I looked it up, it's 3.8%. That's the growth in income levels over a 10-year window. In total? Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say annually. 3.8%. I guess that wouldn't make sense. In a 10-year yeah, yeah, window. I'll double check this again in case I'm speaking incorrectly, but I don't believe I am. No, well, I've, I've seen, I've looked at the graphs recently, so that makes more sense. Because if you was, if that was annually, that would be almost sure. 40%. Yeah, yeah. And I know they haven't jumped up yeah, 40%, so, right? So it's 3.8%. Debt has gone up in Ontario. So around 2007, 2008, we had about $138 billion of debt. Ontario, we carry per citizen here in Ontario, a resident of Ontario, we carry a lot of debt, like three, four, five, six times that of California per, per person in this province. But $138 billion, and today it's over $300 billion in the same t in that 10-year window. It's actually over. I stopped it at $300 billion to match the real medium income growth. So incomes in a 10-year window from 2005, 2015, up 3.8%. Debt up 100%. Think about that. Income's 3.8. Debt, 100. Now, when debt goes up that much, it influences the prices of the things closest to the new formation of debt, like property prices, because money is created at the time we create mortgages. So the prices of things that are closest to new money creation, a creation go up the fastest, like property prices. And that's why you can't you know, property is a really good investment, but you can't just be silly about it because we have all these threats globally around us. We have to buy good. You can't just close your eyes and buy anything. You have to buy good income properties. You have to cover your expenses and you have to hold on for dear life and you have to prepare for a decline in residential property prices and survive that window of time too. But over a 10-year window in this economic environment where debt is going up at this pace and incomes are going up at a much less lesser pace, I want to own assets. I want to own property. 
I want to own businesses. I want to own things like gold and silver. This is where I want my money. So that's kind of why, you know, gold and silver is something we talk about. And it's kind of like where it fits into our mind. And I want to share, finish off that story about Teta Eva, our aunt. Listen, our aunt was selling eggs in the far, in the market um, in a city called Split on the coast of uh, Croatia. And uh, she went to jail because what happened is when the dinar was losing its value in the 1980s there, um, th- what she was doing is she was taking dinars from residents and giving them German marks because German marks ha- were holding their value. So as the currency was collapsing around people, she would exchange dinars for German marks. Well, of course, the communist government at that time discovers what uh, she's doing and puts her in jail. You know, they can't have people doing that. They can't have people getting out of their currency. No country wants you to get out of their currency. What was I was young at that time, so I, I didn't know. So how was she making money? Though I guess she was market. She, she was, was just like a, a dealer fee, a big cut. Yeah, yeah she was yeah, taking a cut. Yeah. She was a smart lady. So she was getting the short term yeah. income. Of so it. she went to jail, and uh, I forget. I th- it's it's either two weeks or two months. I want to feel like it was two months that she was in jail, and somebody was able to call in some favor family to get some lawyer person type to get her out. But she was always a hustler. Like I remember our father was telling us that in the fall on construction sites, she would go and get the leftover rebar, like whatever the steel that they were using to reinforce new buildings. She would go and collect it all. Um, and then in the spring when construction would start again and they needed some of it, she would sell, sell it back. back to them. She would sell That's it back. Great. Yeah, she was like just a hustler, man. This lady, if you saw her, I, think, I feel like she was four foot tall. Oh, she was. Yeah, she, she was, was small, tiny, but she was, she was a pit bull, man. She didn't. She yeah. was a pit bull. Yeah, a great lady. Stop her. I remember. Uh, yeah, she came over for my wedding. Yeah. If you remember, she yeah, was yeah. a loud lady. She was a great lady. So yeah. So our aunt went to jail over some of this stuff. And then ultimately through that process, we saw the middle class, anyone who just had a little bit of money in the bank or money at home when that dinar collapsed, they had nothing when the new currency came out. So when the new currency came out there, they just absolutely had nothing. So because the value of the old dinar was worthless. So we've kind of lived through that. But the people who owned property, they listen, it got some point. We were just talking about this summer when we were over in Croatia, we were just talking to the guy we bought our condo off of. And he was telling us when he got paid, what would happen is when the DNR was collapsing. So this is, I'm assuming kind of late 1980s um, when the DNR was collapsing like that at the worst, which might've been the early 1990s, they would run to the store, literally run to the store, to spend it all, to spend all of their money. Because the next day, property, uh, sorry, uh, product prices were increasing, you know, so they would run to the store to get rid of all their money because they wanted some goods for it before the prices went up. Well, like and you said, in of, Greece, people were buying appliances as yeah. a store of value. And that environment is happening to us right here in Canada. But when it, when it happens at 2 and 3% and 4%, yeah, people think it's it, not yeah. happening. But remember, we were doing the math at 2%. Your, the purchasing power of any savings you have is crushed every 35 years. It's cut in half. Right. So like, I mean, it, it doesn't it 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 it, uh, it it just means to me that property prices are going to continue to go up when the, when more debt is going to get flushed in, even throughout a correction, we're going to have property prices come down and you got to think that debt is going to be the answer. So these are the things that we kind of want to own. I don't see any other way out of it. Unless, the only way out of it is if these government institutions ultimately collapse. But then we're talking like that's freaking just crazy and they won't let themselves collapse right they'll just push money into the system seems that way again going back to history it seems the way that's that's what they've done yeah, in the yeah, past yeah. it's kind of shifted around a little bit and something new has been created but overall the same kind of yeah. things are in yeah, place yeah, 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 yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, that's why we've done it. I mean, and, and to be clear with everyone, I mean, we do have like cash res- as business owners, we have cash reserves in case we need to put, it's not like we just buy gold and silver. We have cash. It's just, we, I guess we, we use different things for different purposes. And even between the two of us, we use the same things for slightly different purposes for our own lives too. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of why, why we do that for sure. I, I just see it as a long long-term store of value based on everything that's happening. And I happening. think if we were just starting out, I don't think, you know, when we were in our 20s, I don't think we had like extra cash to be buying quote-unquote insurance on stuff. But I guess today, if I was talking to somebody in their 20s, I would say, yeah, maybe if you wanted to get into this, you can buy some silver, like a coin, one ounce of silver, which is going to be bigger than an ounce of, of gold. So it's maybe two or three times kind of the size of an ounce of gold. It's going to be like 20 bucks, 25 bucks in that range. So if you really wanted to get in, you don't have to start with gold. You could buy some silver and it could be 20, 25 bucks a coin, something like that. So there's ways to get into it even when you're younger. Mm-hmm. I think it was more as we had as we had started accumulating more stuff, we wanted some insurance policy and that's, and that's why we kind of explored it. And to be fair too, if you look back at, and not timing anything, just because our plan was to kind of hold it. If you look back, like we were talking about when we bought it and where some values are now or how we've bought it over the years, whatever the case may be, it's it's held its value. Like if, if we took the same amount of money, what whatever the amount of money is, right? So let's say we, let, let's say it was $10,000 and we had the $10,000 that we had invested in gold at that time. So whether it's, maybe it's five years ago. And that $10,000 five years ago, what would it buy us? Like if you equate it to other things, well, what would it, how much of a property would it buy us? How much food would it buy us? How much of a, a men's sure. suit would yeah, it buy yeah. us? Well, you know what? We, you, we would have lost out like that. Even in the last five years, putting it in that place, you know, it, it's held its purchasing power better there than it would have if we just held on to the cash. Right, so we don't have to go back thirty years to to, to see that we can see that it's had it's, it's happened of, now. It, it's kind of serving its purpose for us, like yeah. right and, now. But again, it's it's not this glorious, you know. No, you're like, not going to get like a rich y- off like you know. Exactly, it's, it's not your get rich quick play. No, no, it's it's the it's the safety, it's the long term. You know, again, for me, it's the shit hits the fan play. Yeah, it would be nice if there was some crypto backed gold thing where and I guess there is isn't there like gold I think money? there are some yeah, there are a few of them but, but you still have to go through financial institutions to get them right now there's just not enough for, for me personally there's I don't have an I don't have the understanding I need to have the faith I need to put my money yeah, in yeah, those yeah, certain yeah, places yeah. because I just feel like you know if if the I get the Bitcoin was the first one, but then Ethereum was was developed and had slightly different purposes. But Ethereum has been much more volatile because it wasn't Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is really only the first one. And then all these coins were developed. And a lot of these coins, I think it's like, what was 75 or 65% of these things ended up just being pure fraud. So people have lost tens, hundreds of millions of dollars have been lost in these like these tokens that people have created. So there's a lot of stuff still in that field that is just not mature enough for me to be yeah, I feel going like you to, need it to flush faith. it out a little bit. Yeah, and, and a lot of it happened. A lot of it happened. Like when that when the huge rush was going on, there was these new coins, these initial coin offerings, ICOs coming out, it felt like every week. And that's kind of slowed and 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 the, the government's it's going through in. its matur- maturation. Some phase, people but- have been charged mm-hmm. and you know with some fraud and stuff like that. You know, but but then then the big players are still there. Like the Bitcoin is still exists and stuff like that so it's going through but it's just for me 
I, similar to you, like I like to have what I feel is some sort of information, maybe not information advantage, but enough information that I gives me the the confidence when I make my decisions. Yeah, especially for buying that, the, like the whole reason we're buying it is to so that you know what you're getting. Yeah, and you can't play with it. Like you can't play with it on your desk and hit it. Listen to that. Like that's solid silver. This this little skull. I love you, that thing. You can't hit a bitcoin on your maybe desk. Maybe we should get gold you know? teeth. <laughs> Our aunt had some gold teeth. Uh, this used to, I mean, I think it was Imagine common we started before. having some gold teeth. Then we could do the rock star minute. We would smile and you would have that gold tooth just staring at you. That would it could be, be something. Uh, I think you should do it first and then I'll see. I'll yeah, see I just, you know, like. I just thought of that. Our I, you should do it permanently though, not like a cap. You should do no, it No, that's what I'm talking about. Our aunt has permanent gold teeth. She still has one. Um, I'm calling because our father's calling because we have to take him to his denture appointment tomorrow. Maybe you should ask him, hey, can we get dentures? Can you imagine we got dentures for our father with like some gold grill? Oh, man. But uh, anyway, so there we go. That's our gold and silver chat. Hopefully, if, you're, if you've been thinking about why we're doing it, that's kind of some of our thinking. I'm sure there, we've missed out some uh, some big points, and we'll talk about this uh, going forward some more. But I think yeah. that's it. Anything else, Nick? No, just send you know the send the hate mail about Bitcoin or about how crazy we are. I'll take the Bitcoin hate mail. The technology I love, it's, it, it does or, have a place. Or how just, crazy you are for invest, uh, we are for investing in gold and stuff like that too so we'll, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for it thanks everyone hey everyone it's tom crowds again so hopefully you enjoyed that banter a little bit of a chit chat between manik and i on the economy and gold and silver um, if you're listening to this and you want any sort of real estate information canadian specific stuff whether it's access to free digital copies of our books youtube videos where we describe different strategies and how we're trying to track down cash flowing real estate all over the greater toronto area even in these crazy days of 2018 you can find all that stuff at rockstarinnercircle.com so access to books Books, articles, blog posts, um, videos, different reports we put together, different case studies that we're sharing, all available to you at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for the show. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>